Welcome to the Recovering Christian Entrepreneur Show. I'm your host, Cam Snow. And I am your co-host, Carla Snow. And in this episode, we are going to go over uh, the story behind one of our (laughs) (laughs) co-hosts. And this is an interesting topic because we haven't even really started the episode and it's already been really hard to record um, for both of us. The conversation that we were having right before we hit record was for me, it was this whole experience of exactly why Carla's story is so necessary to the world and so important. Because what we're going to talk about today is a little bit of the backstory on how Carla has managed to build a life despite extreme circumstances and navigate through life from a really intense background religiously that we'll go over as well as how the heck you do this entrepreneurship thing with a partner that you're married to and then on top of that in recent years um we've begun unpacking this conversation that Carla is undiagnosed ADHD. So if you're listening to this, you're a female entrepreneur, uh, you have ADHD or you're neurodivergent, um, or you suspect you might be, uh, and you grew up in a religious household, this is going to be an oddly specific episode for you (laughs) (laughs) because that's what we're talking about today. Um, And I'm going to just kind of like have this conversation with my wife and my business partner and y'all are going to get to listen in Um, because this episode series kind of came from a conversation we were having where I realized, wow, like there's a lot of stories here that I don't know because we've been having as a couple this conversation around ADHD and how much it has totally changed our, our relationship. Um. Because suddenly things that I didn't know she did because of ADHD, it's like, oh, wow. So what I wanted to do is take a look at some of the context here. And the reason that we're doing this for the recovering Christian entrepreneur who is listening is to kind of give you a window into what it looks like to Un- re-understand and reconfigure your relationship with God, your relationship with yourself, and your relationship with your business. And we're kind of doing that in real time because Carla is on the cusp of launching something new. And there's been a lot of stuff that's come up around that. We had a really cool conversation about it the other day, and there's been some interesting things that maybe will come up in this conversation, but Carla knows what I'm talking about. So, babe, business partner, babe. <laughs> I want to start with that statement that we came up with the other day, and then I'm going to kind of like let you run off into some story here. But the thing that we came up with, and this is always how kind of the story process works, is to the best of your knowledge, what is it that you do? And with Carla, what we came up with was a couple things. One, I help you relax in the midst of extreme pain. 
which already were like, okay, there's a story there. And the thing that we came up with of like, well, the people that I really feel called to serve are women who have been assigned an identity that they are now coping with. So I want to go with that. There, There's two stories here. They're kind of related, but I want to go with the second one because your heart behind the work that you do is that you really want to work with people, with women specifically who have been assigned or given an identity. Um, and there were, there were two things that you told me the other night. I want to work with women who have been assigned the identity of victim or survivor and they're coping within that box. What did you mean by that? <laughs> uh, well, um, there's so much there, obviously, but first, like I've, I've been labeled both of those. Mm -hmm. Like I've been a victim of sexual abuse mm -hmm. or I'm a survivor of uh, sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. I'm a survivor coming from a cult. Yeah. Uh, spiritual abuse as well. Spiritual, yeah. Lots of spiritual abuse, lots of abuse of authority. Uh, and it was definitely like, I've had people kind of rail on me about like, oh, you have a victim mindset. Mm. Uh, and kind of like growing up, but especially like in adulthood, especially in entrepreneurship, yeah. it was like, it was like the rallying cry for how people would associate who I was and if they didn't like what I was doing oh you're just being a victim mm. I had a very specific moment where I posted a very powerful very real story for me in August of last year and August 2021 oh yeah you're right yeah. 20, August 2021 and it was like the first time I had really expressed some of my story in a yeah. way that was like extremely powerful for me yeah. and I had someone literally send me like novels of text about how much of a victim I was being how much I was glorifying xyz and it was like skipped everything like it was so obvious that this person hadn't actually read the entire yeah. post but like that's not the point mm -hmm. the point is like any action if someone doesn't like it oh you're being a victim yeah. or on the other side you come out and you you talk about how like you're struggling really hard and then everyone's like oh my gosh like you have been your survivor you're so strong you're so inspiring mm -hmm. and then leave it at that yeah just kind of like leave you on the pedestal all alone up there like oh yeah. you're, you're strong you can handle it yeah it's like wow you are a superwoman mm -hmm. go you you are a survivor you have done all these things this is incredible and yes obviously yeah it's pretty fucking incredible yeah. like i'm not going to discount that and at the same time when you are subjected to just one i 
identity, like overarching statement, Mm -hmm. it can be very lonely and very isolating. And then you find yourself trying to, and the reason why I say the word coping is then you have, you find yourself operating and having these patterns in order to survive this world in which you are only ever a victim or a survivor. Yeah. This duality. Man, there's so much, so much powerful stuff in there. And I want to kind of anchor this with the person that we're talking to, the person who's listening, which is a version of you that you were at some point. And so, you know, you specifically have a heart for women who are up to something, doing something, you know, that seems to fit with like entrepreneurs, but it's not always entrepreneurs. Um, that just seems to work really well. These women tend to become entrepreneurs. Yeah. It just kind of happens that or way. Or also mothers who actually want to have an intentional relationship with their kids and have mm-hmm. a legacy that is breaking generational curses and yeah. cycles. Yeah. So this, this phrase is really unique. And when you said it the other day, we were both just like, whoa, what? There's something resonant here about coping with an identity. With so, the identity they've been given. With the identity you've been given. So what is one moment, one story that comes up for you around how you had to cope with an identity that was assigned to you? Uh, yeah. So when I was 16, uh, my family walked away from the cult mm-hmm. that we were in, um, that my parents had grown up in all that stuff. And obviously me and up until 16 and all of a sudden, all of my friends disappeared, like literally it was a, oh, you aren't going to this church. Therefore, you're not actually a Christian because you're walking away from the only church. Yeah. And I found myself literally like everything I had ever known washed away. We lost our home. Mm. We, uh, I lost all of my friends. Yeah. Church family. Um, ever like literally everything that you kind of hold on to as a teenager just mm-hmm. literally crumbled at my feet. Yeah. And then I was given the identity of basically like, you're not a Christian. Wow. And it's like this, the leaving the church thing also coincided with some financial hardship your family was going through, which is where the house thing came in. Yeah. And so it's like these different, all of these different things, like your relationship with God and himself. Mm-hmm was uh, what was that like (laughs) what happened when in your relationship with god you didn't exist Mm. it was it was kind of one of those things where it was like okay you're telling me i'm not a christian you're telling me that i'm not following god uh, but you aren't even following God behind closed doors anyway. Mm. So I basically was like, all right, then I'm an atheist. Wow. And and then I was told by someone that technically atheist just means you believe in something different, but that was a whole other story. 
And, and then that's when I felt real terror for the first time. Mm. And I say that fully acknowledging, like I experienced some really intense sexual abuse, some really intense um, abuse of authority. And when I started operating under the assumption that not only is this God fake, Mm -hmm. but there is nothing. It was like that moment, if you've ever had a concussion and blacked out, Mm -hmm. or if you've ever fainted or seen red when you're angry, that moment where it's like everything just kind of shuts down, that, that was my life where everything just like kind of like shut down. And then that's when I dove even further into like wherever I could find light. Mm. I pursued it, whatever I could find light. So I pursued writing music Mm. because like the act of creating means that there's something good. Mm. nature i would go and i would sit under the trees and i would listen to the wind dance and sing in the tree leaves and the birds and anything i could i would be awake at three four in the morning staring at the moon being like just basking in that glorious energy Mm -hmm. just like everything i could do to feel wow Wow. Until I got really tired of feeling. AKA, I got really tired of coping with this life of God doesn't exist. Everyone is out to get me. Mm-hmm. Um, I will never amount. Yeah, the identity of victim. I will never amount to anything. Mm-hmm. Um Everyone is always saying like, oh, how great I am in academics because I was, you know, valedictorian, all that stuff. And none of that excited me. None of it gave me that, like, especially if you have ADHD, none of that gave me that dopamine rush anymore. And it got to the point where everything in my life was no longer anything I wanted. Wow. Wow. And so I found myself standing on the roof of our two-story barn, crying, being like, what's the point of all of this? I've been abandoned by everybody I know. When I told my family of any of my struggles, I was being force-fed protein shakes because they didn't understand my eating disorder had anorexia and just like because it was like I felt so out of control I was grasping at anything yeah. to have so, an ounce of control yeah and then got to the point where I was like I am done being a survivor so I'm actually going to rebel against those identities and no longer and cease to exist. And so that's where I found myself up on that rooftop, looking down at the concrete and calculating, you know, make sure that I don't just like fall and be paralyzed, but still alive, like trying to fit, like 
calculate all of that of the how I needed to die. And that's when I felt this peace wash over me that I was really mad about. I was so angry. Huh. All of a sudden, it felt like the storm inside me was like the eye of the storm all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. And then in my head, I'm going to paraphrase. I don't remember the exact statement, but it was something of like, when you step off that ledge, they will win. And it was almost like my eyes was opened and I could suddenly feel and see that like, I had demons around me trying to get me to jump off. Mm. And this voice, I didn't understand because in the cult I was in, definitely, you know, God being a personal God that actually cared if you lived or not. That wasn't a thing. So I was a little freaked out. And it was kind of one of those things where it was like, whispers of a real identity that was intoxicating whoa and on that ledge i felt like i was taking those boulders and dropping them off the off of the roof i remember kicking some of the gravel that was like on the like roof off and watching it fall and kind of imagining like all of that stuff that I was carrying, literally just that is what I chose to like let die. Woo. I've never heard you tell a story like that. That's why I had to be in the weird place I was before we hit record because yeah. I needed to be able to access that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to attend to him. Yeah. Realize you can't actually hear this, uh, cause our mic is very good, but our son is, uh, a little stuck and needs some help. Here, I'll hold him. Mm-hmm. Guest appearance Hi. of my son and Pam's son. So that's like... You know, that's it's such an interesting story because like when we do the story process and we're like trying to understand why somebody does the thing that they do it's always fascinating to me like what story comes out and so obviously i know your story i know pieces of your story i've heard pieces of your story but i'd never heard that and i don't just mean the words i mean like how you were saying it like there was I felt it. I felt it in a way that I really haven't before. And it makes a lot more sense because what is now on the horizon, like what you're stepping into, what I, here's what I heard, like standing on that, that rooftop, making a different decision and listening to the voice of God instead of the voice of hell. 
and choosing life and light instead of darkness and smallness and constriction, which had been calling to you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we kind of mentioned earlier in this episode that one of the things that came up around how we describe the work that you do is helping people relax in the midst of extreme pain. And that is just one instance of how that showed up Showed up up for me. Yeah. Because what I see now, we're always in this conversation. And if you're an entrepreneur and listening to this, you can relate (laughs) always in the conversation of like, what is it that I really do? Right. Refining your messaging, but really refining your own understanding of like, what is it that I'm actually doing with people? I know I do this work and they're like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. But like, how am I doing this? I don't know. Yeah. And I see you doing that process of helping people tune in and listen to the voice of God through the the intensity of darkness around them and being able to like move through those things. And it just so happens almost as a byproduct that a lot of this chaos is living inside of their business, inside of their relationship, inside of their own personal relationship with themselves. Yeah. And being able to navigate through those things so that it's no longer about coping, but there's actually a path through. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. And I have such a like sense of urgency because I know exactly what it's like to cope for so long. There is no difference between your identity and the darkness. It just feels all black. Wow. It's just all all gone there's there is nothing identity my story all the things yeah yeah i commonly see it with like works works based so why a lot of people are so like also tend to be entrepreneurs because like there's a level of like they find something they're actually good at and they dive in because like that's the only thing they can that's only that's the only thing that feels real. Yeah. And then when they achieve success, it's like, what do I do now? Yeah. Or if they struggle, it's kind of like a, well, what's the point? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was something that you said when you were sharing that story of you got a taste of an identity that for one, a split second felt real and it was intoxicating. And we've talked about this concept and we'll talk about it more in, in a couple episodes from now of the identity, identity that you've created based on your experiences versus the identity based on who you are created to be. Yeah. And who created you. I want to do clarification. I didn't get a taste of my identity. It's almost like the piece parted the sea mm. parted the inky blackness and all of a sudden like the peace wasn't outside of me it came within me yeah and so it was like it was almost like god came in and illuminated yeah within me the light yeah the light shone in the darkness 
the darkness comprehended it not this is the passage and i think it's first john let's look it up later yeah but um i want to start landing the plane um i feel like that was a jet <laughs> i don't even I, I feel like we've been talking for hours but i don't even know it feels like 10 minutes slash an hour i have no idea how long it's been to be honest yeah <laughs> um but what do you want to say to that person who is experiencing that moment inside of her business right now? That woman who's experiencing it right now, maybe it's not in her business, but may, it might be. You know, when you think about some of the people that you've worked with over the past year. Yeah. What do you want to say to that person? It is okay to want it all to end. Mm. It is perfectly natural and normal to when all you can see is darkness. It's only natural. We are not meant to cope with these identities. We're not meant to operate in darkness. And so it is perfectly normal and natural to want out. Yeah. Whether that is out literally in the sense of suicidal thoughts or out in literally like coping mechanisms, porn addiction, sugar addiction, like, oh my gosh, like worth your incredible work ethic, which is really just... Mm -hmm. uh concealed burnout uh overwhelm camouflage burnout. Cam yeah camouflage burnout overwhelm overstimulated just angry all the time just emotional just feels like everything is just nothing can go right yeah. when everything feels like nothing when everything feels like it's all going wrong or the flip side which i still find myself with today is when there's so much good and beauty and still feeling that like wanting to quit or not quit, but like wanting to, for it to all just end yeah. and just hide in the little pieces of gold, the little pieces of light that you do have and withdraw from everything else. That is completely normal. It is you are not alone in that. And I want to let you know that you don't have to spend all of this time dealing with that darkness to be in a life filled with so much where there's only speckles of... <laughs> When there's only speckles of light and you just want to end everything and just be with the light, mm. knowing that there is actually a very tried and true path for that everything. When when we say, <laughs> sorry, my, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, this is just sucking on her arm. <laughs> yeah, um, my shirt is a fun. Uh, texture uh when we say like relax in the midst of extreme pain 
that can kind of feel a little freaking scary. It's like, wait a minute, what? I don't want to be in this pain. I want to, I want it gone or I just want to give up. And what it really is, is it's actually being able to access that what you want to flee to, you can access it everywhere. Yeah. You don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to um, make sure you know where to find Carla. She's on Instagram, instagram.com slash Carlathena, Carlathena on Instagram. And she's going to be putting out some stuff around this with my help, (laughs) putting out some (laughs) stuff. And um, it's funny. He's got lipstick on his forehead. Join the conversation in the Facebook group. It's bit.ly slash recovering entrepreneur group. And uh, we do the living room. Uh, It's a free mastermind. We do that every month. Next one will be sometime in April, probably the first week of April. And uh, you can find me, Facebook, facebook.com slash Cameron.snow. And until next time, I'm your host, Cam. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm your co-host, Carla. And we are really excited to be able to continue serving you. And thank you for the opportunity. Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you later. (laughs) Bye.